welcome to another episode of Bob Shane Yaya Travel the World. It's a place where we like to spend some time chatting about all things travel and how travel can be part of your lifestyle, whether you're hanging out at home or you've got boarding passes in your hands. You know, travel influences us every single day in one way or another. My name is Alex. I pay the Bob Shirole in all of this. I'm a mom, a teacher, a traveler, a blogger. You can find me over at www.tgctravel.com and an overall travel junkie. Meet my best friend, Terry. Hi, I'm Terry. I play the part of Yaya. I'm also a mom, a teacher, and right now I'm just a U.S. traveler. It's the big back to school show. That's right. Let's talk all about what back to school means for the globally minded family. We will also share some of the things that keep us travel happy when we are out, not out and about traveling. We're going to talk about books and food, travel tips and products, and it's all going to start with our little segment called Now Boarding. So in today's Now Boarding, we're talking all about back to school, and we have lots of quick picks to make your back to school time, whether you're brick and mortar, whether you're virtual, whether you're kind of doing a little bit of both, kind of a couple of quick picks to make life better for your inner traveler, just to kind of keep it in the mix. So my first pick, Terry, is a great book that we featured in one of our 10 books in 10 minutes segments on Facebook Live this summer. It's called Are We There Yet? And it's a great picture book for um, any elementary school age, really. It's about a family who lives in Australia and they take the year off from school and they literally drive in a circle around their country and like explore their country, which I think is an amazing idea. It is like one of the things I would love to do. And so we'll put the link to that 10 books in 10 minutes in our show notes. What about you? What are you thinking about in the global book pick department? Well, for me, since I do upper elementary school, I was kind of racking my brain trying to think of some really good books. Well, one of the books that I usually start the year out with is The Phantom Toll Booth. Now, this is a novel mm. by Norton Juster, and this was book was published in 1961. And the main character, Milo, is he's bored. So what happens is mm-hmm. this mysterious toll booth shows up in his bedroom and takes him and he travels and he learns that education is fun through all these different places that he visits. So, so my cool. kids love it. Yes. Yeah. It's a great deep dive into what makes travel such a mind altering experience too. I love that book. I love that yes. book. I know that um, in my classroom, I've had so many questions about back to school supplies this year. And so my travel tip today is about back to school supplies, because I think a lot of people kind of only think about them in August. And I don't think that that's true. I I think that back to school supplies should be supplies that are, or actually, I think it should, they should be called tools, tools to enhance 
your understanding. And you can use those tools in other places besides school. And I know teachers come out with lists in traditional schools. However, mm-hmm. I happen to think that, you know, some crayons, a journal, all of those different things are such amazing travel tools as well. Oh, I definitely agree. I don't think it should be called back to school supplies. It should just be called supplies or like you want to say tools. And one of the things that I find to be so useful, not only just in school, but in traveling is pencil box, your pencil boxes, because Mm -hmm. it can hold so much stuff. You know, it's great in school, especially so because they keep all their materials, you know, everything's nice and tidy and all in one spot. But when you travel and take road trips, it's so great because then the kids kind of can pack their own stuff in it that they want to have on the trip. So it gives them kind of an ownership, which is super important. I love that idea. I love that idea. And, you know, talking about packing up, um, we have a custom in our country that like the coolest school supply of them all is the backpack. Like we all think about, right? We all think about like, what backpack am I going to get this year? Can I just say parents of school-age children, adults that are in college, whatever your situation is, stop with the yearly backpack. First of all, it's not a school supply. Backpacks can be used for travel in so many ways. They can be your day pack. They could be your overnight bag. I would, honestly, I would think about a backpack in terms of luggage and quit buying those cheap Target ones. And I get that they're so cute, but honestly, every year we invest over $25 in a backpack. The the average price is between $25 and $30 and Mm -hmm. far more for the fancier ones. And we buy that every year and they fall apart. Every year, they're destroyed. They wind up in landfills. It's not great. My suggestion is this. Find one really good backpack. One really good backpack that's going to last you a couple of years. I know that my daughter bought her Vera Bradley backpack. She has the black quilted one. She bought it Um going into high school and she has been out of school. She's, she's 20 now. And can I tell you, she still uses the exact same backpack. We never bought another backpack and I would rather spend the hundred dollars and get the right backpack once. And it's been more than six years and yes, it needed a repair. No big deal. She loves it and she uses it for everything still, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, that's actually something that we learned in Japan because in Japan, um, the kids going into first grade normally get one backpack that's going to last them to the eighth grade and they buy like little covers that go on them um, that maybe have like characters. That's the thing they change every year. But the good leather backpack that they use day in and day out is used for eight years. And if you kind of do the math, it's actually a savings and it's also not wasteful. So I am a huge believer in investing in the right backpack to last a long time. 
big time. What about you? Any travel products that you can think of that kind of spark your back to school interest? I like this. Well, you've really kind of got me started on these monthly subscription things. Mm -hmm. And, And the one thing that sticks out when we talk about travel and children and back to school is the subscription to little passports. And what I like, yes, is that there's so many choices with Mm -hmm. the age group in which you're talking about. You can get early explorers for three to five, or you can get Mm -hmm. the world edition, which I really like, which, you know, fits that six to 10, your child gets it every month, or you can choose how often they get it. And you're educating them about the world and they have all this fun little stuff in it to learn about whatever country was sent to them. So it's super cool. And I highly recommend it, especially now since we're not out traveling about, bring it home to your kids. I think it is like one of the best activities out there. I buy it for my goddaughter every year and I have to say I adore it it comes with a craft and like some learning information and a game like you get a nice little box full of stuff that kind of expands your cultural horizons and it's a great starter set i agree totally little passports is a a big fan and we're not an affiliate of them we we've applied for that but we're not an affiliate of them so that really comes from the heart um now i will say in my classroom this is the first week that i'm back and i do have a classroom binge that's travel related there is a youtube series that i adore it's by national geographic it's called are we there yet so if you put in uh, in youtube are we there yet nat geo it the whole series will come up and it's these clips of kids and they're usually brother sister teams traveling and exploring um out in the world they go to everything from the taj mahal to alaska to south america to the united nations buildings in new york city which i love that and they're really great fast almost brain break um brain break clips (laughs) that really do a great job Oh my gosh, um, that do such a good job of kind of just pushing a little bit more worldliness to kids who may be, you know, we get into these systematic schooling schedules and they kind of miss out on that kind of stuff sometimes. So it's a really great one. What about you? What's on the big TV these days? Well, you know, I'm going to piggyback off you because you're talking about Nat Geo. I'm going to take that one step further and let's go to Disney plus not Mm. only is it Disney, but they also have a section on there that is national geographic and there's, there's like series you can watch. There's movies, documentaries. They have like Alaska, wild Africa, you name it. There's so many places, wild Chile, wild Conga, so many places you, you can watch and get inspired to travel true 
And, you know, we are depending so much on digital media these days that we could not finish up our now boarding segment without talking about some travel tech. And my biggest pick right now um, for kids to kind of really experience a ton of what the world has to offer has to be the free app, Google Arts and Culture. I, I am blown away by what they are putting out there on a daily basis. It's been really inspiring to see so many people contribute to this app. Um, I The one clip that stands out to me from this week uh, was from the National Ballet in London, and they were doing um, a piece from the ballet, Alice in Wonderland, and it was the Queen of Hearts. I understand ballet is classical and it's serious and, you know, I just can't get into it like opera. Watch this clip. It is so funny and the dancers are so brilliant and the costuming is just so creative. Like it was done so well and it goes on and on and on on that app. There's quizzes and virtual tours in museums and artist profiles and clips from different organizations that are all kind of pooling their resources together to get it in there. And I love that idea. I love it. What about you? Oh, I agree. Let me tell you, when we talk about travel and you talk about European travel, who comes to mind? Rick Steves. Rick Steves. Thank you. Uh Well, he has a website, Rick Steves Classroom Europe. And it is full of free resources for teachers and educators. But there's so many clips and videos where you can go and experience Europe with Rick Steves. Who wouldn't want to do that? I love that idea. I love it. I mean, you can watch about Italy. You can watch about France. You can watch about Germany. I mean, you got so many choices. It's endless. And it does go across so many age groups, too. I think that's a really great, solid resource that's been kind of vetted for kids in a really sensible manner. So on today's big show, we're talking all about back to school time. And you know, back to school for so many people at the end of August is crazy. This year is even crazier. I know that we want us to be real when we talk about this kind of stuff. And I have to say this year, it's getting real in my classroom. I have 20 first graders learning virtually through Google applications it's been insane for the past couple of days. Like it's been, I never thought I'd be in this position. (laughs) So just getting them to learn the mute button has been very interesting. I know Terry, you've been in school for a while. Well, this is our second week and I have sixth graders and I'm having Mm -hmm. to physically mute them. I'm actually teaching a blended you know, I'm teaching a blended model. I teach half a day brick and mortar and I have 17 little darlings. And then at noon, I go and switch gears and I teach 29 sixth graders online. So 
needless to say crazy is minimal i feel like this year all i'm doing is planning planning technical device you know issues it's just i i don't even know how to explain this year but just give me we just have to be patient because hopefully this will let up that is so true and my patience starts with the rum and coke that i pour upon re-entry to my household every afternoon i'm like i am done and you know up for me because i have the little babies it's about patience with parents because they're trying to help them out so you know the kids are like being guided by two adults at the same time and they're not used to that that is definitely a huge deal. So we have to, we have to see, but I think you're right. Patience is the word involved in this back to school season for sure. And you let know, me, a lot of people have been, oh, go ahead. Let me tell you, you talk about patience. I spent 20 minutes on a Google meet with a parent because she couldn't understand what her child was doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. my first thing when I come in is I've got to wash my masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, because, I get because you have to deal with that in the classroom too. Yeah. We have to wear masks all day. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is, it's just so crazy. And I know a lot of people are kind of like wondering how teachers are doing it. And we've got our systems kind of in place. And, you know, it's about a big partnership between parents and teachers this year, more than it is between parents and kids, regardless of the age. I'm sorry, teachers and kids, regardless of the age, because of the technology and the kids being home and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And a lot of people are looking at different ways to educate their kids. A lot of people are looking at alternatives. And I must say, while we may not rank as the highest education system in the world, we are definitely the most diverse. And one of the first words that comes to mind when you think about alternative education is homeschooling. And I feel like a lot of people think that they are homeschooling right now when they're not. So, oh, just for everybody's kind of frame of reference, let's talk about the difference between homeschooling and virtual learning. Okay, let's do that. Because right now, my county alone, we offer brick and mortar. We offer the teacher teaching online, um, the same curriculum that's happening in the brick and mortar. You can go to a virtual academy where a teacher is teaching you all day. Or you can go to a state academy, which is virtually kind of like at your own pace. So, and then of course, fifth would be homeschooling. So homeschooling is quite different because the parent is the educator. You're not being taught by a teacher in a school. And you have more options. You have more options to the curriculum in which you use versus the other option of virtual learning, it's a state-followed curriculum. Exactly. And, you know, I think that that's why we've got to stay 
away from the word homeschooling because there are people who have been successfully homeschooling for years who are the most amazing homeschoolers. I know this lady who's been homeschooling her kids since kindergarten, and she's she's so amazing at this. Her 17-year-old is like in calculus three in community college. Like it, it's it's amazing. Like they've done a fabulous job of doing all the right things when it comes to that. And, you know, there are other homeschoolers who literally they live on a farm homestead and they've got, um, you know, a homeschooling classroom inside of their house. And who is that really famous? Um, oh gosh. Oh, uh, the pioneer. Who is that? The pioneer oh, chef, no. Oh, oh, oh. The pioneer Who woman. The pioneer woman. Oh. She homeschools. Yes. And she's amazing. And I think maybe the now, Duggars. Maybe the Duggars. <laughs> actually, I think they're part of a virtual online academy. I don't think that they come up with their own curriculum. Oh, okay. You know, I... Yeah, I think that they're all, like, virtually taught by, like, a Christian academy, those Duggars. Yeah. So, which, okay. I mean, I think to each of their own. If you've got kids that can handle that, that's great. I will say this. There is a whole nother subspecies of schooling, which is called world schooling. And under this umbrella of world schooling, it's kind of like homeschooling, but you're adding travel to it, which I think is amazing. And I recently learned about this woman who's kind of one of the pioneers in this. Her name is Jen Miller, and her blog is called Jen Lately. Um, I We put the link to her blog in our show notes. This woman has four children. So that's six people. They lived in an RV and a tent for like three years. I don't even know how they did it. And they world schooled for 10 years. Amazing. I mean, you have to have the right kind of kids to do something like that. I would not be sitting here because I think world schooling is great, but not for our kids. Now, if there's anyone out there that would like to loan us some children that could live in close quarters and not kill each other, we may rent them out. But not for us. Not our kids. I, I cannot even come close to imagining what our life would be like if you and I were in an RV with our five children. The RV would implode. I, I, I truly believe that. Like, it, no way. <laughs> no way. We would, we, would, it's we would not be sitting here. No, no. We'd probably be in jail. Mm. Or Maybe. in a crazy house. Or dead. <laughs> yeah, that, those are all options. They're all viable options. That's for sure. So I was listening to another podcast today because, you know, I'm a podcast junkie. That's why I like making them. And um, I listened to this podcast called Zero to Travel, which is about kind of the nomadic lifestyle and how to make travel part of your everyday life and not just it's, it's a pretty deep dive. So it's not, you know, beginning travel. It's you've been around the block a little bit and you're you're looking to kind of expand your horizons. This guy was on there today and he was talking about 
unschooling, which is like this whole other movement in crazy education um, circles. And unschooling is about like taking, he, he gave a great example. He goes, you know, each year I work for this camp and we take teenagers and they plan their adventure. Like maybe we're going on like a backpacking trip into the mountains and they have to plan everything. And my job is only to be there if there's danger. Like they have to figure everything out. They have to plan it. They have to pack the supplies. They have to deal with the natural consequences. They have to, you know, they don't get any help from the kind of, I guess facilitator would be the best word. They're only there to shadow the group and make sure like there's no emergency. Other than that, these kids are kind of basically on their own and they have to learn the life lessons that go with the decisions that they made. And it's all kind of like about natural consequence and about free form exploration. Now, I have to tell you, as a teacher, I have to say, I don't understand how you teach mathematics in that very well. Like, I would have to read a lot to understand it. But I love the idea of the huge set of soft skills that you would get with those kind of experiences. I mean, that's that's kind of amazing. Again, our kids not the kids to do that. They would have got the mac and cheese at the bottom of the mountain and we'd all starve to death. And it would be, what's that pass in Colorado where they all ate each other? Oh, that makes that would be this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Rosie knows it. <laughs> My daughter, that, that would be us. We would have eaten each other at the top. Yeah. But now I have to beg to differ. Yeah, I beg to differ because I think I would take Ryan because he would find us food. Yes, you're right. He would find. He is very good in the woods. He is, and he is like the. um, We're talking about my middle son, and my middle son can get in the woods and he is like a Disney princess and camouflage. That's the only way to describe him. Everything goes right for him in the woods everything like the animal the little animals love him it, it it just works and he would he would feed us you're right if we had ryan with us we'd probably make it although okay i feel there would be a bit of a lord of the flies moment and maybe the donner pass would happen i'm not sure so it's we'll a possibility we'll have to see one of the things that made me very interesting interested in listening to like this whole talk about world schooling and unschooling and all of these different kind of educational alternatives is that as a teacher I feel like I don't get enough art and culture to my kids like even though it's in the forefront of my mind I feel like there's never enough time and I feel like those skills and the access to that kind of content is something that kind of uplifts communication and really makes you communicate in very creative ways. Oh, I agree. You know, so let me, let me give you an example of what our school is doing, especially here in the state of Florida is it's called dream Florida. 
and the students mm-hmm. are actually designing their own postcards and writing messages on the other side about uh, space travel, living in space, and then we're submitting the postcards, and they actually send them into space. So I think that is amazing. I love that idea. That's so cool. And, you know, that's kind of the idea. You know, like, look at all the things that a project like that does. It brings art into the picture. It brings um, the idea of space exploration and STEM into the picture. And it all kind of is, like, under the umbrella of journaling. And I love that. And those are the moments I love. And I love journaling. I am a journal person and I really think it's a good way. It really to strengthen your communication skills, children's communication skills. And just having a small little notebook to jot down, draw pictures, make a list of anything Mm -hmm. while you're traveling. And right now we do it for where we want to go, things that we want to see. And there's so many different things you can use for journaling. So mm-hmm. we, we even have one on our teacher pay teacher, right? Yes. Yes, we do. And you know what's cool about the one on Teachers Pay Teachers is there are a lot of alternative journaling pages. There's a page where you smear a taste of whatever gelato you have tried. And then once you filled in all of the little test samples, you circle the one that you love. That's journaling. Like it's not just free form writing. There's tons of different ways to journal and communicate about your amazing times, you know, between listing and testing and, you know, writing who you met. And, you know, there's so many ways to kind of remember and journaling is a great way to do that. All different ways. Those are the things and those kind of wish lists and all that kind of stuff that do create a global outlook. And that's a really great thing to do since we're all kind of still essentially in a, a form of lockdown with everything going on with so many people, distance learning, and, you know, there's so much out there. There's so many resources that you can use. And again, we have a ton on our Teachers Pay Teachers website, which we've linked in the show notes, Um, especially concerning literature, you know, um, in schools, in public schools, because of the data-driven decision-making, a lot of the curriculum choices are out of our hands. The one place where they tend not to bother us so much is the choices we make in literature. So, you know, maybe there's a teacher down the hall from me teaching the same grade who's super into um, eco-friendly ideas. And she chooses books kind of with a lot of that theme. I, on the other hand, I am somebody who loves travel, so I push those books a little bit more. And, you know, with everything that's prescribed to us, those literature choices are so critical at helping kids who we do want to have a global outlook kind of discover discover their inner gypsy, find their wanderlust gene for back of black... I can't even talk today. Lack of a better way of saying it. You know, like 
I think it's so important for them to kind of have exposure to that kind of stuff. I tell you, last year when we went in March, when we went Mm -hmm. on lockdown, I wanted to try Mm -hmm. to really find a way to reach my kids and continue reading novels because, you know, I'm a reader. I love books. Mm -hmm. So I found a website, Epic Book, Epic Pick, I want to say it's called, and you Mm -hmm. can go and there's all kinds of novels. And I found a great novel on there, and I hope they they have different ones in this series that come out. But it's about a boy, and he decides he's going to ride his bicycle across Africa. And as you travel, you travel through each region and different villages, and you learn about different food that's served there, different culture, um, the climate. I mean, it's just amazing. And my kids surprisingly loved it. They really did enjoy being able to travel with this child as he bicycled across Africa. That's amazing. And, you know, those are moments that kids don't forget. They really don't. You know, like I I think about it, it's kind of like when you put a globe. This is my favorite thing to do in first grade. When they're sitting in morning meeting, they're kind of in a circle. And I put a globe in the middle of the circle. They are the most interested on topic kids when that globe is in the middle all they want to do is go explore it it's amazing oh i totally agree because i think in our society we have stepped away from looking at an actual globe because we use everything online i'm looking at google maps i'm looking at this but to actually see a globe like you and i used to see when we were in school it's so inspiring mm-hmm. That the kids can look and see where they want to travel. I love that. I mean, I think it's, it it just is so important for kids to kind of be able to trace their fingers and run their hands along all those country borders and continents and recognize each ocean and you know mm. and see all of those things in a broader scheme than just on Google Maps. It's and don't get us wrong because if there are two people that use Google Maps, you're <laughs> listening to them right now. Let me promise you that. We are all about the Google Maps and I do love doing it, but I do need to be more conscious about when I'm out and about turning it off and exploring again. Like I, I need to like get out of my technology head sometimes. And yes. I, I do think that that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And my and mother's you, really good at that. Oh yeah. You know, one activity that I like to do that kind of really inspires children or my students to travel is we do our flat self and my school actually did it, and it's kind of off of Flat Stanley. All the teachers sent in their bit bitmojis, and they made flat teachers. So all the kids got flat teachers, and they were able to take them wherever they traveled and take their pictures and send it back to the school. And it's so great to see where everyone traveled to. It was kind of limited this summer. You know, we saw a lot of U.S. travel is what we did, but it was inspiring 
to see all the places the children got to travel and hopefully yeah. it encouraged other kids to want to go visit a certain location. You know, you just reminded me, you sparked my brain in remembering something else. Um, there is a journal option that I think a lot of people would love to know about, and it's called the postcard journal. This is what you do. Every time you go to a new place, have your kid address like a touristy postcard to themselves, stamp it, and mail it home. And then when you get home from your trip, the mail starts arriving from yourself. And the kids oh. can collect all the pictures and all the different places that they've been. And they have the postmarks and all that kind of stuff. And there's some super cool mailboxes out there. Like um, there's one on the Galapagos Islands. Um, there's one in the middle of the Vatican. There's one on top of the Eiffel Tower. Like there's there's a couple of super really cool ones that you can. Um, there's one on top of Mount Fuji. And you can like accomplish something, send the postcard, it gets stamped and delivered home. And then you kind of collect them and you have a journal. I kind of love that idea. I do. made me think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what all this traveling makes me think of? When I was younger, Mm -hmm. my kids were younger, we used to love to watch the show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? And I think... It's, wait, wait, it, wait. Is it is it where in the world is Carmen San Diego or is it where in the world is Carmen, Carmen San Diego? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved it. But it was, you know, you sit here and you're just, you know, you enjoy it so much, but you're learning stuff and you're traveling and you're seeing places around the world. Loved it. I wish they'd mm-hmm. bring it back. Mm-hmm. I do too. And, you know, I think that those are the kind of moments that kids need to see now because it's, I have to say, if there's one back to school message that I'd love to get out there to parents, it's this travel is an incredible mind enhancer, but it does something else. It makes you grateful for the home you're in. And, Amen. you know, every time I travel, right, it, it, every time I travel, I appreciate what I have at home that much more, you know, like I, I value that just as much and it makes me grateful. And I think that that kind of life lesson, that kind of moment that you can give your kids is priceless. I don't think that you can get a much bigger idea than that, you know, so it's super cool. And I'll tell you another way that you can make them kind of grateful for what they have or appreciate what others have, like get them curious about that. We have a ton of links in today's show notes all about different places around the world and what schools look like in different countries, whether it's Zambia or Japan or Germany or, you know, all the different kinds of places that can be access that you can see what school is like or school lunches are like. There's a couple of famous, you know, different posts about those kind of things. And we've linked them all so that people can see that um, and kind of explore with their kids. Like, go look at what they have for lunch in Japan, y'all. It, it is amazing. It is like, why don't we get that for lunch? We get chicken nuggets. You know, <laughs> it's kind of sad. So definitely I, I would- a super cool thing. 
I would probably be buying my lunch at school. Yes, you you would. Like, there's no reason not to. That's how good it is. Yeah, but, um, you know, there's all kinds of different schools out there and different ways of seeing things. And, you know, things that are maybe aren't a priority in our um, American schools can be priorities in other schools. I will tell you, I've had experience with so many different places, and it's amazing. I was in Italy, and all their pre-K art is collective art, which means they make a piece of something greater and it helps them learn about community that way. I've been in Zambia where um, middle schoolers are learning ballet in in schools that have zero. When I tell you they have um, no electricity and they're going home with food, but they are learning ballet. And I have been to Japan where swimming in Olympic-sized swimming pools is part of a lot of elementary school curriculum, you know. So it's kind of amazing to see what other places are doing and how they approach kind of their priorities, you know. Sometimes it's very different. I think in our country right now, we're super focused on STEM I mean, that's kind of like the big trending word these days. Mm-hmm. And um, especially the T in STEM for technology, like we're all about it. And we want our kids to code and we want them to do all of these things. And, you know, it may be time to start thinking about a little bit more than that and seeing what the rest of the world is up to, you know. So lots of different options and lots of cool stuff to see in those different links. So I think you'll enjoy that. So Terry, back to school. What's your last piece of advice for our travel loving listeners? Patience. I I really I wish you know as today was a pretty hectic day, you know, and everybody getting their brain wrapped around this new schooling that we are we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um we need a lot of patience. We need a lot yeah. of patience. What about you? What What do you have advice-wise? Well, I, I think that going forward in this time, um, I think we also need a little bit of patience and resilience. Um, be ready to kind of bounce back from things that may, or may not be working and they get you know, maybe a little shifted or they change a little to make things easier for you. And can I say this? If there's one thing that I can say as a message from teachers, please believe these two teachers when we say this. We are doing everything we can to make this process streamlined and simple and workable. So we're taking kind of all the raw pieces and we're the machine to kind of turning out the product. And believe me, these teachers are working so hard to make this a doable thing for everybody out there. And we hope and we um, think about all of you and we hope that you have the most amazing school year. And, you know, this is one for the history books where we're going to be remembering this for a very long time. So happy back to school, y'all. 
Next up on the blog post is an opinion piece about what should global citizenship look like in public schools, the state of travel due to COVID-19, and also look for um, a great article on what to pack and not to pack when it comes to your great travel gear. All of that plus reservations that you should think about if you're going to Rome, being plus size and ready to travel, and a great story about the best souvenir I ever got. You know, the travel industry has taken quite a blow from several global issues, including the war in Ukraine, the climb out of the COVID-19 crisis, and inflation that makes it hard for people to get out into the world like they want to. At this point, leading experts are predicting that it's going to take up to three years for the travel industry to bounce back to full force. One way that you can help the travel industry is to like and subscribe to 10 microbloggers. Each time you do, you're telling all those travel industry experts that you are ready to enjoy everything that the world has to offer, and you can start with us. That's right. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn at Bapsha and Yaya. That is B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A-Y-I-A. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at bobsheandyaya at gmail.com with your questions, suggestions, favorite travel tips, products, and travel trends so that we can share your ideas in the future. Bob she and Yaya is our home base for everything we love about travel. It's where our blog and show notes live and where we share access to all of our resources, including travel literacy for kids. We always have new posts about all the things we love about travel, including today's topics, as well as feature destinations, travel lifestyle, and stories to make you smile. Didn't get all of that? No worries. Just check out our show notes for all of the ways to stay in touch and links to anything we chatted about in this episode. As always, thanks for joining us for our journey.